Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby Podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. Okay, you ready? Yeah. So the question for this week, Mike, what if my dog is very high energy? Could she be dangerous for my child? Well, definitely. You know, uh, if your dog is very high energy, one thing, well, we need to do a number of things. I mean, obviously, one danger is depending on, you know, how old the child is, if the child has started to walk, um, that she can get knocked over and bang her head on something, you know, because the dog is rambunctious and a little bit out of control. And, you know, it's not that the dog would obviously intentionally be, you know, biting the kid or, you know, doing anything to intentionally hurt the child, but, um, but just, you know, over exuberance and so forth obviously is an issue and can, you know, lead to knocked over babies and injuries. So, uh, the primary way to deal with that is to make sure that your dog gets ample exercise. I mean, there's an old saying in dog training, tired dogs are good dogs. And that's definitely Mm. true. And it's especially true in a situation like that. So if you've got, you know, a two year old field lab, that's just a kind of a go machine all the time, then, you know, obviously we need to monitor all interactions with, with the dog and the child at all times. But, you know, we, we need to take it upon ourselves to make sure that dog is exercised and worn out as much as possible anyhow um, before interacting with the child, or at least sufficiently worn out that she can be calm and respond to instructions and, um, uh, you know, exercise some impulse control and be aware of the fact that there's a vulnerable little, you know, vulnerable little kid there. So that's... yeah pretty much the only way to deal with that you may you have to make sure your dog gets adequate uh levels of exercise daily so you know it could look like you know let's say you haven't let's say you've been you've been out working you know you haven't had a chance to get the dog out but then you then you know go in the backyard with the dog for 20 minutes and throw the ball or whatever it is that the dog likes play some tug of war or what you know go for a run Whatever it is that's an activity that is going to drain some energy out of your dog, go and do that before you start having kind of intimate interactions with the child or, you know, even if the child's a little older. Again, having the child wandering around the apartment or house and the dog loose, right? So that would be the main advice yeah. on that. So I, I was just thinking about, I've we were recently on vacation and, and we were visiting a friend and they have pit bull super sweet but the dog is so like a live wire this dog has so much energy and it's a i mean she's probably 80 pounds the pit bull i mean she's like heavy and she like you have to like almost for like the sake of your own and i you know i'm 170 pounds adult male like she like just running she could completely take me out at the knees and when i walk in the door her tail wags so hard it hurts when it hits you. And so like I I can't imagine that dog in a house with a little kid because she would just de- she would just destroy the kid. But yeah, so I can that's what I think of when you talk about like a high energy dog and the dangers. 
Well, it's a real issue. You know, I know dogs like that. You know, they're just so powerful. They're all good natured and they don't recognize their strength. And even the wagging tail can put bruises on you. You know, yeah, if some of totally. these guys and uh, like you said, take you out at the knees. The dog's just running across the room to go after something that she's interested in and just slams into you because they have no body self-awareness. They're just like a wrecking ball. And uh, that yeah. is, a, you know, that is a big issue if you've got a little kid for all the you know, obvious reasons. So then, you know, what I said just it doubly applies. And I mean, that might be a situation where the dog needs to have obviously good obedience training so it can do sits and downs and stays. And, um, and might even need to be on a leash, you know, even after exercise, uh, so that the parents can manage the situation. I mean, there definitely needs to be extra care taken to, you know, to manage that. Now, you know, yeah. as the child is different ages, you know, I mean, if it's an infant or a toddler, there's only so much you can have the dog, sorry, the child do to engage athletically with the dog. But if you've got a little bit older child that's five or six or seven, that can start throwing the ball for the dog and engaging with the dog in a way that uh, that allows the dog to exert some athleticism without being dangerous, you know, even teaching it some agility obstacles, things like that, then that's obviously very helpful. But that really only would have, mm. you know, like I said, a little bit older, older kid with very yeah. young, you know, with eight month, nine month old kids that are just crawling. And then, at, you know, at a year and two months or three months, uh, starting to walk that, um, you know, one has to be very careful. Uh, you know, another, yeah. another, it just occurred to me, another trick I learned a long time ago, you know, for parents who have limited time, you know, they basically, they have time to take their dog for a walk around the block or play a little ball in the backyard. A trick I learned a long time ago is get, get a doggy backpack for the dog um, mm. and fill it either with some uh, kitty litter or water bottles and weigh the dog down and then power power walk around the block you'll drain more energy out of the dog it takes a lot of work for real wow yeah it's a it's a neat little trick that that allows you to get more energy out of the dog without without adding extra time yeah you know so but something has to be done to bleed energy out of the dog in a context that's away from the kid and only bring the dog around when it's calmed down a little bit and with good obedience control. So obviously obedience training is key and, uh, you know, even having the dog on a leash and then telling it exactly how to behave, sit down, stay, you know, uh, yeah. not just leaving it up yeah. to the dog's impulses, but actually instructing the dog what it is that we need her to do. Yeah. And then doing it consistently and, and over time, see over time, if, if mm. for example, if it's a, let's say it's a toddler or a very young kid just walking, um, if every time that child shows up, then we ask the dog to sit down and stay and be calm. Over time, the dog will learn to associate that behavior with the presence of the child to start offering it naturally. But that takes mm. you know, a, a quite a bit of repetition and persistence. That, and, you know, you right, obviously can, you can reward with food. You can do a lot of food reward stuff. In fact, that's the kind of the, uh, I mean, we'd want to try to avoid any corrections in the presence of the child if possible. So, uh, you know, you, know, you want to reward the calm behavior with nice treats and, you know, lots of petting and loving and so forth. And to the degree that the dog hasn't learned those things well, they should be taught in a separate context, especially, you know, if there might be the need to, you know, do a few corrections here and there. I mean, obviously the emphasis always is on positive reinforcement, but some dogs need to be corrected here and there. But if that if that's the training yeah. stage the dog is still at, that should be done in a separate context and definitely not near the near the child. And that and that's because you don't want the dog to have negative associations with the presence of the child. Is that right? Exactly, exactly right. So it also seems like you made this distinction in the beginning that you can have this isn't this isn't really a, this isn't about the dog's character per se. Like you could have a very kind of 
loving dog, and this could still be an issue. It's not whether or not the the dog's loving or not, as in the oh, case not at all. of this this pit bull. Yeah. Well, the dog you described is a perfect example. There's lots of dogs like that, and it's not just pits. It's it's, it's high energy labs. Labradoodles, all kinds of things. So most of the time, with the kind of thing you're discussing, describing, it's mostly dogs that are generally quite friendly and overall harmless. They don't mean yeah. to be. They just can't help it. They're trains. They don't know it. Yeah, totally. That's very interesting. Well, yeah, that's great. Well, so do you have any any other tricks or any other thoughts before we wrap it up on on hat like? To put to use your terms, how, how to bleed the energy from the dog? Well, you know, it's, uh, there's a million different ways, obviously, but we got yeah, you know, and every dog's a little different, so you got to find the, what what's going to be the thing for your dog. I mean, you know, yeah. some dogs are like they have a lot of power for short bursts, that maybe in a ten minute game of tug of war and fetch in the backyard might do it, or you know, a power walk around the block with a backpack on, or you know, some people, you know, tether their dogs to bikes and ride around that way. I, every dog's different. You know, if you have a beach nearby, let them run around with a bunch of other dogs for 20, 30 minutes, whatever it is. But, um, but it needs to be, we need to get the energy out. There's no way to train the dog to be, I'd say it's a lot more challenging to train the dog to be calm when they have, when we haven't done our bit to make sure that dogs had ample exercise. And there's just no way around that. That is just one of the burdens of parenting if you've got a dog like that in the house. Got it. All right. Well, so that's great. So everyone, you heard it here. A good dog is a tired dog. And Mike, thank you for joining us. This is great. Uh, any more, any, any last comments before we wrap it up? <laughs> yeah. It's a tired dog is a good dog. <laughs> Not a good a dog. Tired a tired dog. dog. A... I mean, I guess it works both ways, but... It, it works both ways. <laughs> you turn, you wait. This is like calculus suddenly, or log, advanced logic. Exactly. <laughs> Dog logic. Um. So, also, everyone, just if you want to learn more about how to prepare your dog for your baby, if if you're pregnant and you have a little one on the way, or if you have a little one and you're getting a new dog, or if your if your little one is just starting to walk, Mike has developed a in-depth course that really addresses all the issues or a lot of the issues that you're going to face. It's called the Good Dog Happy Baby course. I encourage you to go to to the website at gooddoghappybaby.com and check out the course. It's great. If you sign up for the email list, you'll get a really uh, a pretty steep discount on the course for the first week. I encourage you to sign up. Uh, Mike, anything you want to say about that before we close? Well, just that the you know what I always say, which is I spent a year and a half developing that course uh, precisely with uh, people in mind who are who are facing the, situ- the situation of preparing a dog for the arrival of the baby, and uh, the you know the first module is about how to prepare a dog for childlike handling, which is really important because, like you know, in context of even rambunctious dogs, if they're not trained even to endure childlike handling without responding by being completely spazzing out and wanting to play. Uh, you know, this is something we have to deal with. So that's the first module. And then the second module is really helping people who have dogs that are a little shy around kids in general. So, you know, these are big triggers that end up forcing people some, you know, to rehome their dogs, basically. Great. Thank you. All right. So check it out at gooddoghappybaby.com. Mike, thanks a lot. And in the next episode, we are going to cover the question, my dog is a spoiled alpha dog what should I do? So tune in for that question next week.
All right. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.